Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Silker Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today while he's off working on his book. But don't worry, if Alan were here with you today, he would give to you his mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedrooms, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both of our first and second amendment rights. The Alan Nathan Show is a Main Street Radio Network production, so we want to thank the Main Street Radio Network for allowing this show to exist. Sometimes management does not like the content on this show, but they have our backs, and we appreciate that, especially in the light of sponsor pressure that they sometimes face. And we also want to thank the Salem Radio Network for distributing this show. The Alan Nathan Show is now in its 25th year, been around since 1998, thereabouts, and Alan has been hot on it this entire time. So he is very happy to be celebrating, I guess that's what, the silver anniversary, the 25th anniversary? Uh, Gosh, does that mean I have to get him something silver this year? Oof, the way silver prices are. Anyway, though, if you want to find out more about this show, you can go to alannathan.com or MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. There's a good one, because there you can find out about the Silk or Joe show as well. You can also go to Facebook, Main Street Radio Network. Alan posts up there. And you also can go to find him on Twitter at Alan Nathan or at Main Street Radio. And you can find me on Getter, G-E-T-T-R dot com at Silker Joe Show. Now, at this point, Alan would write, read his pre-written topics, and I happen to have mine right here. Why is it that with everything from the legal system to climate change, the left believes in putting the interests of criminals and the wealthy over that of the average American? That's a thing we're going to get into with some of the guests on this program coming up. And... Very interesting how the left favors all this corruption. You know, they come out, they say they're against corruption. They, they they think themselves to be the party of purity. They actually do believe that whenever they detect corruption in their ranks or detect uh, salacious elements, seditious elements in their ranks, they will expel them, which is flatly not true. Uh, gee whiz, just look at Eric Swalwell for a great example. He's sleeping with a Chinese spy, and they want him on sensitive intelligence committees even with the spy in his employ. Not only that, but Adam Schiff, who has been caught leaking just about everything he can get his grubby little paws on that he thinks will damage uh, his political enemies, they want him on sensitive intelligence committees too. Uh, Leakers and Chinese spies, eh, no problem. But don't worry, (laughs) they police their own, for sure. Crazy how their minds work. Uh, And, you know, I see their defenders online and I'm just surprised, and also in the media, and it's like, really, that they got to outright lie to you, or at least lie by omission, and ignore their own failings. I, I guess technically it is correct if you uh, think that nothing your people do is wrong, then there is no failing, and therefore no reason to hold anyone accountable. And if like, I because you know you hear the old saying that uh, liberals, if they they didn't have double standards. They have no standards at all. Well, they actually do have a standard. I'm right and you're wrong. That's their standard. That's what they cling to so, so desperately. And the same way Obama says we cling to our guns and our Bibles, the liberals, they cling to I'm right and you're wrong. That seems to be their entire point of existence. So if their politician, say like Joe Biden, is caught getting millions of dollars from the Chinese government, well, that's okay. That's, there's no problem there. It really would be a problem if it were Trump who was caught getting millions of dollars from Russia or the Chinese. But since it's Biden, it's okay because he's one of them. And so they can can trust him implicitly and assume that he will just have everyone's best interests at heart. It really gets to the heart of their philosophy and the the whole socialist communist ideal that – they, that they spread to you that big companies and capitalism, it's all corrupted. It gives power to the greedy corporate elites and how everyone who gets up to that level of corporate power has, must be a very super corrupt individual hoarding all that wealth and letting the poor suffer. So therefore let's replace them with a government that has people at that same level of power. In fact, higher levels of power 
and we'll just and we'll just assume that because they're on our side, they're not going to be corrupted in any way, forgetting the fact that they're humans, and when humans get that much power, they tend to get corrupt. That's why communism hasn't worked when implemented. It's because people keep forgetting, oh yeah, humans have to run this. Whoopsies. <laughs> you know, one of the favorite things that I've seen online is that, oh, the Soviet Union didn't have communism, they had Stalinism. Well, really? First of all, you thought it was communist all the way up until after they collapsed. Gee whiz, uh, Bernie Sanders, your head socialist, he thought it was such a great place. He had his honeymoon there. He thought it was a great example of how socialism and communism could be implemented. But then suddenly when it became came out, when it became unignorable, that is, that the Soviets had been just such real buttholes to their population and so tyrannical, suddenly it wasn't communism anymore. Suddenly socialism never happened there. It was Stalinism. Well, it, where do you think it got to be Stalinism from? Because it, communism allows people like Stalin to come to power. And let's not forget, the kind of politicians you get are not going to be really innovators or moral people, because the only way you get that high in power, especially in a communist regime, is by backstabbing and betraying people. Gee whiz, the only reason Stalin stayed in power is because he had Levinti Beria executing a bunch of people. You know, the NKVD, which became the KGB, the headquarters, they actually had a room in their basement that had a sloped floor, so it was easier to hose off after they shot people down there. And that is the only, that is the kind of thing that communism leads to because it concentrates power into the hands of such a few a tiny group of people, and they become very paranoid about it, and want very much to keep that power and influence. And somehow, liberals just seem to believe that this is the way to go. That if they do it, it's not going to happen that way. We're not going to have basements with sloped floors that, for executing people more conveniently, as far as the cleanup crew goes. But that, that's just a self-delusion. Perhaps with, with some of those activists, if they themselves were in charge, perhaps they would get the, that outcome. But it wouldn't last long until one of their trusted advisors killed them in their sleep or something. And then, boom, you're back to the Stalinism. That, that's why communism just doesn't work. It's not made for humans. And everything that they object to about capitalism, communism enables on steroids, at least with capitalism – you have those greedy elites fighting each other to exploit their poor. But with communism, you just have a bunch of greedy elites who shoot the poor. That, that's the fundamental difference there. There's no, I guess they think that like the government will be their saviors when really the government will just be a worse devil than they already knew with capitalism. So of course that leads to the solution that this country came up with, which is sort of capitalism with severe limits on it. Actually we're, that's another thing too, by the way, the socialists out there, they think that, uh, oh, well, well, the democratic socialists, I should say, like Bernie Sanders, they think that they can do a hybrid model of uh, capitalism severely restrained by the government and that that will work and that that works better than the system we have. And a lot of these people are recruited simply by the fact, especially the young people, are recruited by the fact that our current system hasn't really worked for them. Uh, they're not living in their mansions or whatever. The American dream hasn't gone through for them. They're working as a barista because their gender studies degree ain't worth the paper it's printed on because there isn't a university position and gender studies really the only place you're going to get is a university position unless you can parlay that into some sort of uh, equity consulting thing. So these people they're seeing that this capitalist system that they were told isn't really working for them, perhaps because they made a few mistakes or they're just not really lucky at all in life. And so they decide, well, that's why capitalism is out of control. We need severe government controls. What they don't realize is that the reason a lot of uh, the system is the way it is now is because we have the, those government controls that they want. We have a lot of controls on it. A lot of small businesses get choked out, snuffed out because they can't you know, for, afford a lawyer, for example, to go through all the paperwork that they need to, to stay in business. And gee whiz, the pandemic was awful. The same lockdowns that the socialists were advocating for, these same democratic socialists, were the ones that were destroying these small businesses. So in effect, we have already much of the system that they want in place, and it's killing us. It's, it is why they want this sort of system in place, ironically enough. They think that the poison that's killing them is actually the uh, antidote. So that's where we're at right now. As far as those people go, and the capacity for self-delusion is unbelievable. 
you're not going to punch through it with rhetoric or uh, facts or anything like that. In fact, we're at the point where facts are bigoted. If you disagree, well, they just shout you down. Don't have to listen to the other side. They're bigoted and ignorant, and we have all these uh, facts and air quotes that say otherwise, even though the nothing that they say really is accurate. It's just self-delusional propaganda. But there you go. We're now in several, two different worlds where I guess you get into epistemological arguments as to what is fact and what is not anymore. We're just on two, almost two different dimensions, really, where the laws of physics don't even matter. Because again, this other side, they're the ones who say math is racist and bigoted. Two plus two is bigoted. The whole concept of absolute answers, like two plus two is four, is bigoted. That is what they have said, actually. The Smithsonian codified that in 2020. Go figure. No wonder there's, uh, we have such issues communicating with them. Folks, more Alan Nathan show after this break. This message is provided by Beringer Ingelheim. Idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, or IPF, is one of the more common forms of progressive fibrosing interstitial lung diseases with symptoms including breathlessness during activity, a dry and persistent cough, chest discomfort, fatigue, and weakness. There are more than 200 lung disorders that can lead to pulmonary fibrosis, an irreversible scarring of lungs that can negatively impact lung function, quality of life, and may become life-threatening. While approved treatments for people living with these diseases can help slow disease progression, new therapies are needed to help potentially stop progression. Fortunately, there is new research underway to assess the safety and efficacy of an investigational treatment in patients with IPF and other progressive ILDs. This is part of Beringer Ingelheim's Phase 3 Global Fibronir program. To learn more about Fibronir and eligibility requirements, visit fibronir-ipf.longboat.com and fibronir-ild.longboat.com. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM Skills Build continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. 
Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. So much is being made about the about the potential of the arrest of President, former President Trump, about the political machinations that went into this case and the indictment, and of course the uh, affiliations of the New York District Attorney who is working on him, the same District Attorney who ignores severe crimes and actually wants to empty prisons in his own district. But then when it comes to a mere $130,000 alleged campaign finance violation. Well, gee whiz, that's the time to finally pull the police out. And in fact, the time to be a very corrupt district attorney because it's coming out now that he's hidden 600 pages of exculpatory evidence. But joining us now to talk about this, we have Michael Letts, CEO and founder of Invest USA, a national grassroots nonprofit for providing police with bulletproof vests. Michael Letts, always happy to have you on the Alan Nathan Show. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's always a privilege to be on your show, and I appreciate so much your comments. We're determined to make sure the American public have the truth, because once they have the truth, they'll know what to do with it. Right, and I hate to say it, but if uh, this arrest went through, then you would have police officers go uh, having to arrest Trump, bring him in in handcuffs. That Even though it's the district attorney's fault for pressing this case and probably finding the most uh, corrupt jury imaginable for his grand jury that led to the indictment, and the case would probably be thrown out of court within seconds when it actually gets to a court. Uh, it really, right. the public might unfairly hold the police accountable for this. Well, they will, and here's what they're not giving any consideration to. Obviously, it will create a wave across the country. We fully anticipate that when people to move forward, and who will be the ones that will have to be the one stuck in the middle, having to navigate the whole thing, but our first responders, our law enforcement officers, they're at a position right now that they've been targeted more than any time in history. We've had more deaths in the line of duty than any time in history. We have more suicides among law enforcement officers than any time in history. We have the lowest morale than any time in history. We have the lowest funding. I mean, that's in and of itself a recipe for disaster. They want to take advantage of that opportunity and once again politicize and weaponize law enforcement to accomplish a nefarious objective by a corrupt prosecutor. And that really is the key there because, you know, there's no excuse for withholding pages of exculpatory evidence. Your job is not to try to see if you can put somebody behind bars. It's to bring the evidence and the facts out and then let the juries of this country decide what needs to be done. That's what you're supposed to do, not take personal vendettas. Right. And of all people, this uh, prosecutor, who doesn't seem to believe in prison for anybody, you know, including armed robbers and uh, people who commit assault on women. You know, the same guy, he seems to be wanting this sort of thing for Trump, willing to pull out all the stops, willing to throw every moral that he said he stood for out the window. But then he co- has the audacity to come out and say, oh, no, I actually stand for law and order, when it's very clear he doesn't. Well, I think it's so ironic in the statement that you made. He wants to downgrade whatever charges that are felonious and make a misdemeanor. That's his objective as a prosecutor to get as few people as possible to have to serve any time. Yet on this particular instance, he wants to take a uh, misdemeanor and upgrade it to a felony outside of his jurisdiction. If it were a felonious issue, it would be under the Fed and the Federal Election Commission, not under the DA. He wants to assume jurisdiction he doesn't have. He wants to bar information that is available there to show that Trump is innocent. And he wants to make sure that uh, he gets the limelight for all. He gets the credit nationally for bringing down the Democrats' number one target. And what a sad shape, what a sad day for justice in this country. It proved that there is a two-tier justice system. And that's something that's not acceptable for any administration, period. Not at all. And I hate to say it, I think this guy might have political ambitions beyond this. Uh, it's either because George Soros is giving him money and pulling his strings or because he thinks, hey, I, if I can bring down Trump, maybe I can be New York's next attorney general or it could be a combination of both. I think it's a combination of both. There's no question about that. But what is so sad is when you look at the administration that is behind, and quite frankly, there has been coordination, and that's why the House has called for the Department of Justice to release all of this information. There's been some coordination between the feds and the state because we have an administration that is believes in a two-tier justice system. 
they don't want any questioning about the Chinese money that's gone to the Biden family or the national security secrets that were leaked because of a client, Hunter Biden, representing those that the Communist Party before his dad. They don't want any of that coming out, so they try to sidestep it and uh, put something else out instead and weaponize and politicize federal agencies. And that is another thing we have to deal with, deal with very quickly in this country or it will bring us to our demise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hardly a uh, coincidence that this um, whole let's arrest Trump idea came out like the, a day after the Hunter Biden stuff started coming out last what last week with the millions being confirmed going to the Chinese. Yeah, no question. I do find another interesting point. Uh, as all this is being discussed, I don't see that the conservatives across the country have poured into the streets and burned down businesses and uh, attacked innocent civilians because they don't like the way the process is going. Yes, there has been a call to raise our voices to make sure that it is understood this is unacceptable behavior. But it seems to always be the liberal leftist uh, Democratic side that brings about violence and then complains that they think it's the conservative movement that is the violent part of the country. Totally opposite of the truth. Mm-hmm. Well, just look at the uh, January 6th um, in, insurrection in air quotes where police were letting people into the building and in some cases shoving them into the building. And right. that, is, we are told, is an insurrection attempt to overthrow the government. But then contrast that with the inauguration of Trump, where you have protesters out in the streets of D.C. burning things down and attacking people. I think what is amazing is continuing to talk about this whole justice system. You have a president who, to the media, flatly lied and said that uh, his family has never taken anything from China. Yet the bank records clearly show uh, there is no, this is not gray, this is black and white. And they have been able to capitalize that on years, being able to lie to the American people. I think the American people are tired of it. We want the truth. We want the truth acted on, and we want the people who do these actions to be held accountable. I think that's a very reasonable request for this country. Mm-hmm. And it just really leads to a lack of faith in our institutions when not only are these corrupt people getting away from it, but institutions that are supposed to bring them down seem to be aiding and abetting. Very true, and that's one of the things that causes that such great concern. You know, our goal is to make sure our law enforcement officers have the necessary equipment to protect themselves, active shooter vests, to be able to come home safe with their families. But quite frankly, if the American people don't believe that there is justice and there is a fair and equitable justice system. They don't care whether it's a federal badge, state badge, or local badge. They turn their backs, and then we all go into a tyranny-type situation, a dictatorship, and we lose the freedoms that this country has enjoyed for 250 years. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen on our watch. Now, people like yourself, uh, we appreciate so much uh, you're making sure that truth gets out, because I believe the American people firmly believe in freedom, and I believe it's something worth fighting for, as our forefathers did, and I believe we're willing to do it again if it comes to that. Yes, yeah, so certainly there's a vast, I guess, this vast silent majority who've been cowed into submission by all the corruption that they're seeing or may make their voices heard. Once we reach a certain breaking point, it would be awful if we became like Russia, where corruption is just accepted as a part of life. And right. the only time you see someone brought down for corruption in Russia is when it's politically convenient to whatever dictators in power. You know, the Russians just accept that. But we in America are supposed to be exceptional because we don't. Michael Letts, um, appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan Show. Actually, if you would, I'd like for you to stick around for the next segment if possible. And listeners, certainly hope that you'll stick around for this and more as the Alan Nathan Show continues after this. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. 
I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is in the air, and now's the time to spring forward with a delicious breakfast from Burger King, an all-natural Simply Orange juice. Begin your day with a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant, or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit on a warm buttermilk biscuit. And make it a meal. All Burger King breakfast sandwiches go great with crispy hash browns and pair perfectly with a Simply Orange juice with no added sugar, never sweetened, never concentrated, and never frozen simply orange goes perfectly with breakfast at burger king and is rich in vitamin c and now through march 31st on the bk app royal perks members get a free single croissant sandwich with any simply orange juice purchase use code breakfast to redeem get a jump on spring with breakfast at burger king because you rule at participating u.s burger king restaurants royal perks account required restrictions apply see offer terms for details not valid on delivery orders sponsored by coca-cola Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. <gasps> what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. This forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Plant puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figuerella, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Soka Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today while he's off working on his book. And we are still joined by Michael Letts, CEO and founder of Invest USA. Uh, Michael Letts, I've been, in the last segment, I was thinking more about the morale of the, of the police forces. And a, a lot of times people might think it's, well, it's happening perhaps in big cities, but not around here. Yet a few months ago, I was standing in a gun store and that just happened over here a conversation between a local police officer you know from uh, hampton virginia talking with the uh store owner about how low the 
morale of the police force is there. And you don't really think of Hampton, Virginia as a particularly radical left-wing area where all sorts of craziness happens with uh, corrupt prosecutors and district attorneys not prosecuting crimes. But yet the police, even there, are have very low morale. This guy was talking about quitting the force and taking on some sort of private security work. He's happening uh, hourly. I'd like to say daily, but daily is even an underestimate. It's happening hourly all across the country. We are losing officers at an unprecedented rate, especially in our Democratic-controlled cities. You say, are you picking on the Democrats? No, I'm picking on their policies. Their policies have utterly destroyed law enforcement and its concept of freedom. And that's why they're bailing so fast. But it's not just having an effect there. It's having an effect everywhere. Because once the media does what they do best, and that is false news often many times and misrepresenting, and make the general public feel that law enforcement officers are racist, bigots, corrupt all across the country, and then we don't give them their due pay, we don't provide them the necessary protective equipment, we ask them to do things that are totally unconstitutional, unlawful, and we know it. They're being politicized and weaponized. And then... To top it all off, here's where the, the, the rubber meets the road. Then you try to give an impression, oh, we support law enforcement. We're going to give you some more money. This is even on the federal level. However, if you look at the fine print, you only get the money if you change your policies. What are the policies that they're trying to get us to change? They want us to be very careful how we handle criminals. When you're in a life and death situation, Joe, you're not trying to worry about whether I grab you too high or too low. I mean, you're just trying to make sure that you go home to your family when this is over with. But yet we now have the real possibility that if we don't do exactly what these new policies require, we get charged. We're the ones that have to get handcuffed. We're the ones that go to jail. We're the ones that have to spend all of our life savings to try to be a, be a charge. We were simply doing the job to protect the community that we're sworn and that we love to be a part of. Who in their right mind, Joe, would want to do that anymore? That's where we're at in this country now. And we're getting to see the effect. Let me take just a second to do this. This is just today. This happens every day. Yesterday, we had in San Francisco mobs of teens going to malls and literally beating and harassing the uh, people that were in the malls that were shopping. No reason. Then they got in fights with each other, kind of gangs back and forth. We have a school today. We had a student that brought uh, two guns, fully loaded, ready with extra ammunition. The prosecutor is a Soros-backed prosecutor. He refuses to press charges. Let him go. This is beginning to occur all across the country, and people are beginning to see the effects of this terrible liberal left-wing ideology that it literally is making our communities to the point where you don't want to go out. Who cares how much money you have, Joe, if you can't go out and spend it? I mean, um, we have gotten to the point in time that we as a country unite and say, we're taking this country back. We're going to make sure that there is freedom and justice for all, not a two-tier justice system. And we will respect the law, and we will make sure that those who break it pay the consequences thereof. Mm-hmm. Well, there's two points I want to get in that would make great segues, but I, they're mutually exclusive as far as segueing after we're done discussing them. So I'll just go with uh, the first one that I thought of actually in the last segment. Uh, with Invest USA. Uh, Are you starting to see the results of uh, this lack of faith in law enforcement that's now affecting both sides of the aisle uh, with uh, what's coming in for your donations? We are. Uh, We have a segment very strongly uh, sees what's coming down and want to be very active and a part of making sure officers have this. Then we have a segment of those who uh, perhaps were kind of, you know, yeah, we support them. But now they're beginning to send me letters instead of, contributions are sending a letter saying, is it making a difference? What what really is going on? I mean, are we really going to be able to turn the tide? They're beginning to question whether this country is savable or not. And that is a scary, scary thought. Mm. <laughs> yes, especially if the majority start thinking that and they just give up because they don't think this country is worth saving. Well, while they give up because they don't think we can be saved, the other side will still continue to destroy no question. In fact, the other side is capitalizing on it, and you see them doing that on a daily basis. And, of course, and they're enabled, and this is why I keep coming back to you, they're enabled by an administration currently that helps promote their agenda. Open borders. You know, just last week we picked 156 people coming across the border who are on the terrorist watch list. 
We had this administration that brought 10,000 out of Afghanistan that weren't vetted on the terrorist watch list. They are setting up this country to be able to be destroyed from within. And the people that they're going to hold accountable and say, well, who was supposed to protect it was the thin blue line. We're going, to be, we're going to carry the blame for it, and we're not to blame at all. We're trying to do everything we can to protect the American people, but we can't do it alone anymore. That's, that's what I want to stress on your show. The days of law enforcement being able to handle this on their own are gone. We have to get together as a community and be united together, or there will not be any hope. Right. How can law enforcement do its job? As we were ta- as you mentioned a moment before, how can they do its job when they're told they get arrested if they just take the wrong step and goes with the Border Patrol people? How can they stop the flow of Im- illegal immigrants if they're told that they'll be disciplined or arrested for it? Or if they're t- or if they see the example that was made out of those people who were alleged to be whipping illegal immigrants? It wasn't true. And the Biden administration knew it wasn't true. But they just hung them out to dry. And even after they came out, they're still being disciplined for it. I think you said something that is so relevant, Joe, when you said it isn't true. Look at almost every major story that's occurred from today, talking about a possible indictment. Oh, we forgot to tell you there are 600 pages of exculpatory evidence from a border situation. Oh, we forgot to tell you that we knew that they hadn't whipped anybody. We had been briefed an hour before, but we went out and did a press conference anyway and said this was deplorable uh, behavior. We're going to make sure that these people pay the price for it. Every major story that has affected the American people, we find out the administration has lied and misrepresented truth to put to their narrative. And the American people just need to say enough is enough because we cannot tolerate this any longer in this country survive. Mm-hmm. I guess people just wonder, you know, what can we do about it at this point? The media is so entrenched with the lies. And, of course, that being politicians, the administration is going to lie, too. It just seems we're just starting to develop a callus and become less sensitive to being lied to. We just take it for granted that we are being lied to, but then not do anything about it. Well, there's a couple things that I'd like to uh, put out there real quick, Joe, that we can't do about it. First thing is we understand is let's deal with law enforcement. Make sure you tell a first responder today, thank you for your sacrifice. You may not get told that often, but I appreciate what you do, putting your life on the line and hang in there. We've got your back the same way you've got ours. Second of all, the American people need to realize we cannot do this alone anymore, talking about law enforcement. Every American listening to our voice needs to make sure that they are armed. It's properly registered. They need to do what they need to do to get the permit or whatever it is. It might have to them to advocate the responsibility, but make sure they're armed and know how to use it. Because the day is coming where you're going to have to defend yourself and your family. Law enforcement will not be able to handle everything anymore. And the third thing we need to do is we know that we now have a Republican-controlled House. It's a small majority, but we have a Republican-controlled House in Congress. It is time the weaponized agencies, the Bureau, the Department of Justice and others, be told, quite frankly, you will no longer continue to stub your nose at congressional oversight and law. You don't comply. You don't give us the information. You don't expose what your agenda is, what you're really doing. There's no more money coming tomorrow. You won't be able to pay the light bill. And they need to exercise that. They need to squeeze funding. And then the final thing, Joe, quite frankly, we have seen how they have perfected the art of sidestepping justice. What does the Department of Justice Bureau and others do? Oh, it's under investigation. Can't talk about it anymore. Sorry. We'll get back to you in a few years once we figure it out from there. That's the way they want to play the game. It is time to exercise what the Constitution provides for and the War Powers Act provides for, and that's a military tribunal. We need to set up a military tribunal to hold these people that are in power accountable for their abuse of office. Hmm. Very drastic measures, but at this point, it doesn't sound like we have much else that we can do because these people in power... They're not going anywhere, and sure, most of them are pretty old and dying out, but at the same time, they're bringing in younger people who are as corrupt, if not more corrupt, but also less competent. Exactly. Well, you take a look at what we're dealing with today in today's story. Briggs is not, he's not uh, fixing to die from old age, I can tell you that. They're bringing in, they have plenty of people coming up through the ranks that they have brainwashed, that believe in this communistic liberal leftism. And quite frankly, if the American people don't realize the damage it's going to do in destroying the entire country, then uh, we won't have a country left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at the very least, uh, as far as competence goes, uh, at Bragg's predecessors would have been a little bit better in having a case ready or just not had it at all. But no, this Correct. guy just 
marched forward with something totally stupid. <laughs> Michael Letts, CEO and founder of Invest USA. Appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan show today to talk about all of this. And listeners, thank you for tuning in as well. But we do have more programming coming up after this break. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you want to support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year. Remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me, would there be a ventilator for me, would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. 
this really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all gotta help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're gonna be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back to the Al Nathan Survey, wrapping up this hour with a dire warning from the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Apparently, within the next 10 years, the planet's going to be past the point of catastrophic warming. This despite the Biden administration chugging away for two years now. And uh, well, at least it's somewhat accurate with AOC's warning that the Earth would be destroyed within seven years. So I guess they added three years uh, to that uh, expiration date. So nice of them to do that. Showing us now to talk about this, we have Dr. Bonner Cohen, Senior Fellow at the National Center for Public Policy Research, Senior Policy Advisor for the Heartland Institute, and his articles have appeared in outlets such as Forbes and the Wall Street Journal. Dr. Cohen, always happy to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm doing very well, and I hope you are too. I'm delighted to be here. I'm doing well, too, you know, despite the fact that war- according to warnings like this, I think I've survived so many apocalypses now that uh, I must be part cockroach. <laughs> yes, uh, we have cl- crossed the uh, temperature threshold that the U.N. referenced in its latest quote-unquote report uh, so many times already that you would think, well, maybe they should uh, reconsider some, uh, you know, their dire warnings. But they're not about to do that. Why? Because the U.N., along with the Biden administration, all sorts of purveyors of um, alternative energy uh, have put together something that they don't refer to, but we can refer to as the climate industrial complex. Uh, This means that these people are going to mandate uh, how we use our energy, when we use our energy, and they will justify that uh, by saying that if we fail to do exactly as they say, when they say it, the climate will be facing uh, a doom. And we can you know, pretty well forget about, about the Earth for the foreseeable future. Uh, they base all of this not on climatological observations, but rather on uh, models, so-called climate models, that can be easily manipulated to create the desired result. And that's exactly what happens. In truth, you can't model the climate. It can't be done. Uh, models, as used here, are nothing but pure guesswork. All are dependent upon the underlying assumptions that go into them. So we should pay absolutely no attention to them whatsoever, nor should we allow ourselves to be bullied into doing their bidding, giving more power to them to determine how we live our lives, and more money uh, to people who want to put up uh, wind turbines and solar panels, which they will tell us with a straight face is our energy future. Hmm. Yes, and uh, it just seems like a, a very cheap rhetorical tactic that works all the time just to say, keep saying, oh, well, 10 years down the line, something will happen. They've been saying that since, what, 1970, 10 years down the line. It reminds me of, you know, with illegal immigration, how we had 11 million illegal immigrants in the country in 2006, and they just kept saying that number for the next 10 years, 11 right. million, even though. Never grew. <laughs> right. So it's like, in, in both cases, it seems like each side stumbled upon this rhetorical tactic of you say the same number each time. And people will just think that number stayed the same. Like, you know, so now since 1970, we've had 10 years left to save the planet from either frosting over or burning up. And we still have another 10 years that we've just been granted. It's like, no, you're absolutely right. The important thing here is that we be terrorized into doing things which are manifestly contrary to our own interests. And the only way to get us to do that is to scare us to death. And one of the ways that they scare us to death are coming out with these UN reports. The very first one dates to the year 1988, was put out by a UN body called the Inter... Uh, 
Commission on Climate Change, IPCC, and uh, each and every year they come out with projections of forthcoming doom, and they have been proven wrong over and over again. But that doesn't stop them because there's too much money at stake here and there's too much power, which is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And that's why scientists get on board with this stuff, because they know who's paying them for all of this research, the people who want this to be true. If scientists go against the prevailing narrative, those scientists are going to quickly find themselves no longer the recipients of government grants. They're going to be shunned by their colleagues who are on the take. And so this is a good way to get people to shut up, call them climate deniers, when the real climate deniers are the people who are trying to impose this agenda on us, are people who pay absolutely no attention whatsoever to real climatological observations, but are going along with a narrative that has become politically fashionable in some uh, circles, and of course, a real moneymaker for others. And ironically enough, that this idea of the this green energy stuff saving the earth, it's nothing of the kind. For example, with electric cars, those have a shelf life to them. Electric batteries can only last about 10 years. So what happens when they expire? Well, now you have this huge climate, climate disaster waiting to happen because these batteries are not recyclable. And then just wind turbines as well. You know, they say, oh, coastal wind turbines are great, but they seem to be throwing off whales from their natural migration. They do. Uh, it's an actually a great irony of the whole thing. It's extremely anti-environmental. Uh, there's a huge environmental price to be paid by loading up uh, landfills all over the world uh, with uh, wind turbines that no longer work, with solar panels that no longer work, and not to mention the chemical-laden batteries uh, that have to be replaced from all the millions and millions and millions of EVs we are told are going to be on our roads in the next several years. What we're really doing is recreating an enormous environmental problem in the name of protecting the environment. Hmm. And, and why is this irony lost on them? It's like none of them are even talking about it, how this might end up being worse than just pollution, basic pollution that we're dealing with already. Uh, it's not only the, the pollution, uh, which, which will be worse, just think of the threat that these things pose to wildlife. You mentioned the whales along the Atlantic coast, uh, whose livelihoods are going to be affected by these gigantic offshore wind farms that the Biden administration is absolutely determined uh, to put up, not to mention the birds and the bats. Uh, who are killed by the hundreds of thousands by onshore wind farms throughout the United States, not a single one of which would be there were it not for the taxpayer subsidies that, that keep those things operating. Mm. So it seems that their cure is worse than the disease. Dr. Cohen, oh, appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan Show today. And listeners, that music means that we're out of time for this hour, so we appreciate you tuning in as well. Alan Nathan's show can be found at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com, but also AlanNathan.com. And, of course, The Silk or Joe Show can be found at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com as well. Be seeing you. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.